Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals that like to sit around and drink coffee. And also, if you didn't know by now, we like to talk about true crime. <laughs> what? Really? We do? True crime. That's something you guys are into out there? I don't know. I don't think people really like to listen to true crime. I yeah. think it's just really just like... It's so yesterday. It's so, so, I mean, well, yeah, so Sometimes. 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 What year is it today? Is it this year? Wait, this, what, today? today? What year is it today? There we go. Year today is, what, 2022? Well, yeah, Almost but what year are you taking us to Oh, well, today? I'm going to be taking you back to, like, 1902. So Ooh, whoa. we're going we're gonna to take a journey back. Um, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, I do appreciate that we had some pizza today before this episode, and we ate a wonderful meal because man is this episode going to make you hungry yay yes. oh great so ladies and beans today I have a story that like I said will leave you hungry mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Dr. Linda Hazard oh what that name sounds really familiar. I'm probably gonna hate this soon. <laughs> last this name story. Hazard. Hazard is her last name. She's Doctor oh. Hazard. Hmm. Okay. Linda. I mean, would you go to a doctor named Doctor Hazard? Well, like one would you're think. Asking for maybe it. not. It but unfortunately, is she a doctor by trade or by title? Oh, you will find out as the story goes. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> actually, first thing I wrote was like, first of all, with the last name of Hazard, you already know there's some trouble. <laughs> Uh, and where normally I like to dive into childhood and background of a person, I did not find a whole lot about her as a child. So, but I do know that she was born in 1867 in Cavern County, Minnesota. She was married and had two kids by the age of 18, but she left her family to pursue her career in Minneapolis. So hold on to your mugs, ladies and beanie babies. Here come the murders. Right, right away. Yeah. So it is believed that she killed her first patient in 1902. Cool. A willing patient named Gertrude. The cause of death? Starvation. A 40-day prescribed starvation, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. The coroner on the case tried to have Linda prosecuted, but since the victim was a willing participant and Linda wasn't a licensed doctor, she wasn't held accountable. Oh. But Nicole, what do you mean she wasn't a licensed doctor? You might be asking yourself. Well, my sweet caffeinated beans, she was an alternative oh. healer, a self proclaimed doctor. Well. A doctor of fasting. Of hippie nonsense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she wrote a book called. Fasting for the cure of disease. Like you do. Like you do. She had very little training as an osteopathic nurse. um, So she had like just a little bit of training. But she made everyone call her doctor. And not to get too far ahead, but news reporters covering her later trial quoted her saying, I have told you time and time again, it's Dr. Hazard. Mrs. Hazard is my (laughs) 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 mother-in-law. 
stupid. Is where dad jokes Stop. started. Yeah, right. So soon after, she met and married Samuel Hazard, and boy, was he a catch. He was a West Point graduate who was dishonorably discharged from the military because he was basically embezzling army funds. Oh, cool. Yeah, the type you take home to your parents. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Also, here is a list of all the terrible things he was. List of terrible things. A drunk, a lecher, a swindler, and he was married twice before. The kicker? He hadn't actually divorced at least one of them before he married Linda. There was a super public trial for bigamy, and he was thrown into prison for two years. Oops. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop one before you start another. You can't, you know, you can't like be, you gotta like finish one thing before you start another thing. It's a good, good statement about that. Yeah. Did you say it was a super trial? A super public trial. Oh, yeah. I was like, what's a super, super trial? trial. No. Super trial. This is super, super trial. It's just super public trial. Everybody yeah, yeah. was there. Everybody came to watch it. Yeah, it bigamy, the, baby. No, you know, that was the thing to come and watch. That and hangings. Uh, in 1906, well. Sam was a free man, and the couple set their sights on something new. Something exciting. Seattle, Washington. In Washington, there was a loophole in the licensing law. It was grandfathered in that some practitioners of alternative medicine didn't need to have a medical degree. So Hazard was in the clear to do as she pleased. To help people, of course. Good for her. In Olala, Washington, I think I said that right, she found a 40-acre area she named Wilderness Heights, which was later nicknamed Starvation Heights. She was going to build a sanitarium there. Many people ate up <laughs> her medical theories. I'm funny. Or ra- <laughs> I'm funny. In case you didn't funny. know. <laughs> or rather, stopped eating. <laughs> One of her first victims in Washington was a woman named Daisy Maud Hagland. She was prescribed a 50-day fasting and died on February 26, 1908. She was 38 years old. She also had a three-year-old son, Ivar. Ivar did go on to create a super successful seafood restaurant called Ivar's slogan, keep clam, instead of calm. (laughs) Oh, that one, that took me a second. So, I mean, it was kind of a beautiful thing because Linda starved a bunch of people, which I'll get to in a second, and Ivar continued to feed millions of people. So the business still goes on today. Oh, good. Which is cool. So back to Linda. So Dr. Linda. People still came to her for her medical theories, despite no one having a success story. More of her victims included Ida Wilcox and Mrs. Elgin Cox in 1908, Blanche Tyndall and Viola Hetton, and uh, Eugene Stanley Wakelin. Though he was shot in the head on her property, it was never confirmed if she was actually the gun wielder or not, but he was just found dead on her property. Gotcha. And that was in 1908. Uh, Mrs. Maud Whitney and Earl Edward Erdman in 1910 Earl kept a diary. He was a civil engineer for the city of Seattle, and he died of starvation at Seattle General Hospital. I found some excerpts on Murderpedia.com, courtesy of Wikipedia.com, so take from this what you will. This is his diary entries. So February 1st. Saw Dr. Hazard and began treatment this date. No breakfast. Mashed soup dinner. Mashed soup supper. February 5th through 7th. One orange breakfast. Mashed soup dinner. Mashed soup supper. February 8th, one orange breakfast, mashed soup dinner, mashed soup supper. February 9th through 11th, one orange breakfast, strained soup dinner, strained soup supper. February 12th, one orange breakfast, 
one orange dinner, one orange supper. February 13th, two orange breakfast, no dinner, no supper. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, splurged on that breakfast with two of those oranges. I know. Have to balance that out with nothing, apparently. <laughs> February 14th, Valentine's Day, one cup of strained tomato broth at 6 p.m. February 15th, one cup hot strained tomato soup night and morning. February 16th, one cup hot strained tomato soup a.m. and p.m. Slept better last night. Head quite dizzy. Eyes yellow streaked and red. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder why. Maybe. <gasps> February 17th, ate three oranges today. February 19th, called on Dr. Dawson today at his home. Slept well Saturday night. February 20th. Ate strange juice of two small oranges at 10 a.m. Dizzy all day. Ate strange juice of two small oranges at 5 p.m. February 21st. Ate one cup settled and strained tomato broth. Back ache today, just below ribs. February 20th. Oh, uh, it's because it's starvation and your kidneys are starting to fail. February 22nd. Ate juice of two small oranges at 10 a.m. Back ache today in the right side, just below ribs. February 23rd, slept a little last night, ate two small oranges at 9 a.m., went after milk and felt very bad, ate two small oranges at 6 p.m. February 24th, slept better Wednesday night, kind of frontal headache in the a.m., ate two small oranges 10 a.m., ate one and a half cups hot tomato soup at 6 p.m., heart hit up to 95 minutes and sweat considerably. February 25th, slept pretty well Thursday night, ate one and a half cups tomato broth at 11 a.m., ate one and a half cups tomato broth at 6 p.m., pain in right below ribs. February 26th, did not sleep so very well Friday night, pain in right side just below ribs and back, pain quite in the night, ate one and a half cups tomato broth at 10.45 a.m., ate two and a half pump small oranges at 4.30 p.m., felt better afternoon than last week. So he was hospitalized on March 28th and died that afternoon. A co-worker was about to do a blood transfusion for him, but it was too late. Mm -hmm. I know. In 1911, Frank Southard, C.A. Harrison, Ivan Flux, Louis Ellsworth Rader, Claire Williamson. Claire and Dorothea Williamson, these two sisters. Rather wealthy sisters who were British and who were in their early 30s. They were hypochondriacs. They controlled a large estate back home, but while they were visiting the areas around Victoria and Vancouver, area of British Columbia, they saw an advertisement for Dr. Hazard's book, Fasting for the Cure of Disease, and they were instantly hooked. They ordered it and also got some information on Linda's Institute of Natural Therapeutics in Olala. They wanted to try her fasting cure. They did not tell their family of their plans. They just went in search of this sanitarium. When they arrived, February 1911, they learned that it was still under construction. So they stayed in a nearby Buena Vista apartments and began treatments under Dr. Linda Hazard. They ate only thin vegetable broth and would receive enemas for hours. Mm-hmm. At the <laughs> and to top it all off, they would get punched in the forehead by Linda while she screamed, Eliminate! Eliminate! Dude, what in the this, fucking? <laughs> this Linda, this Linda lady's a genius. I, you guys never let me punch you in the forehead you for, or give you enemas for hours. You don't. 
I no. need to figure out what she's doing. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? What are you, what's wrong with you, Greta? <laughs> what happens what's to happened? me? But this is what she did with all of her patients. What? Yep. This was curing the body by allowing it to rest, be cleansed, and remove impurities. Ugh. She claimed that fasting could cure anything from a toothache to tuberculosis. Impure blood was the real cause of disease because of impaired digestion, you see. These added procedures to the regimen were her own embellishments. Patients could be heard screaming out in pain during these sessions. But back to these sisters. After going through treatment for a bit, Linda started to inquire about the sisters' business and wealth, even offering to safely store their diamond rings and estate deeds in her office safe. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. They stayed at the apartments for two months before being moved to the sanitarium. By April, the girls were delirious and weighed practically nothing. While they were being moved to the sanitarium in Olala, Linda's private attorney got Claire to sign a document that modified her will. Now, it said the girls would leave Linda's institute 25 pounds sterling monthly per year, which, I tried to do the math, so which is about $33, which at that time would be about $976.47. Okay. Damn. So, I mean, this could all be untrue, and I'm terrible at math, but that's the best I tried. <laughs> Anyways, it was a lot of money. Long story short. And the document also stated that in the event of Claire's death, her body would be cremated to, quote, under the charge and direction of Linda Hazard. Hmm. Then, on April 30th, a cryptic telegram is sent to the girl's childhood nanny. Margaret Conway was in Sydney, Australia when she received word to go to Olala and arrived on June 1st. Sam Hazard greeted Margaret at the boat. He took her to their Seattle office, and there he informed her that Claire was dead. And if that wasn't enough of a shock, he also told her that Dorothea was insane. Oh. After that wonderful greeting, she was then taken to the ER Butterworth and Sons mortuary and was shown the embalmed body, which was supposedly Claire, but Margaret didn't recognize the body. It didn't look like Claire. Then she was taken to meet Dorothea, who literally looked like a walking skeleton. She was living in this terrible cabin that was really more of like a shack. Dorothea begged Margaret to save her, but the next day she said, never mind. Suddenly she started claiming that the cure was doing her good. Quote, a world of good. Margaret tried to convince Dorothea to leave, even tried to sneak in rice and flour into her food, which was broth made from canned tomatoes. Then... On the 4th of July, something unique happened. Linda Hazard let her patients out for a 4th of July celebration. Normally, they were all separated from each other. It was at this celebration that two other patients approached Margaret and asked to be saved. They said they were prisoners. Margaret also took more notice of Linda, even catching her wearing Claire's silk dressing gown and her favorite hat. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? These things? <sighs> These things? Yeah. Dorothea had given Linda and her husband power of attorney, and they certainly helped themselves to her funds. When Margaret found that out, she told Linda that she would be leaving and taking Dorothea with her. But unknown to Margaret, Linda had obtained legal guardianship of Dorothea and no. was not letting her leave. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. The hazards told Margaret that Dorothea would live out the rest of her days with them. But Margaret had one more trick up her sleeve. 
Once she was off the property, she got word to the sister's uncle who lived in Portland, Oregon, and he came to the rescue. When he arrived to get Dorothea, she weighed 60 pounds. Wow. The Hazards ended up agreeing to let her go for $2,000, which was about $55,000 today. Oh my God. It was her bill, but really it was a ransom. Finally, later that year, in August 1911, Dr. Linda Hazard is arrested. There was pressure put on Kitsap County to prosecute Hazard, and when they said they couldn't afford it, Dorothea, now in much better health, offered to pay for the prosecution. Yeah. Linda claimed she was being attacked for being a successful businesswoman, that traditional doctors resented her success with natural cures. Although there was no proof of that success, only a bunch of dead patients that trusted her. She told a reporter, quote, I intend to get on the stand and show up the bunch. They've been playing checkers, but it's my move. I'll show them a thing or two when I get to the stand. Her lawyer kept her off the stand. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not an idiot. I'm like, no. No so, talking, lady. No, shush. <laughs> shush. Don't speak. Uh, despite her being kept off the stand, she still tried to get her side told anyway. She would try to signal to witnesses... Without success, though. The judge shut it down. There were medical testimonies destroying her method for a cure, a paper trail of her crimes, including a forged diary entry from Claire that said she wanted Linda to have all her diamonds. What's strange is that there were people who came to defend her, despite all the obvious facts of her false medicine. Staff members and even some patients came to her side to try and help her case. In the end, though, the jury came back with guilty of manslaughter. Though there was gossip in the news that if she had been a man, she would have been charged with straight-up murder Mm -hmm. instead of manslaughter. Um, While she was waiting her sentencing, she managed to squeeze in two more deaths. 1913, Ida Anderson and Mary Bailey. They were so close to being saved, it's really sad. She just couldn't let it go. She had been called out and was in the process of being stopped, but couldn't Mm. save those last two. She served two years in the state penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington, and that's it. That's all she did. Oh, excuse me? Yep, that's it. That's it. Sam and Linda moved to New Zealand where she was like, I'm totally a physician, dietitian, osteopath, and she even published another book. Oh, and made a bunch of money. And by 1920, she had enough to move back to Olala and reopen her sanitarium in Wilderness Heights. More appropriately, Starvation Heights. Uh, Since Washington had pulled her medical license, she called it a school of health. Uh, She even added upgrades. The building had a basement autopsy room. She continued to starve people to death. And in 1935, the sanitarium burned down. And three years later, in 1938, Linda died. She didn't feel well, so she treated herself the same way she did her patients, the fasting cure. And she starved herself to death. (laughs) Her true list of victims is unknown. Some say 19, others say at least a dozen. She is buried in an abandoned cemetery in Olala, Washington. Her book can still be found in natural healing bookstores, or you can download it. It is 100% on Amazon. I checked. I do not recommend this book at all. Please do not buy it. Or if you do, do not follow its guidelines. There is a great book that I even want to check out called Starvation Heights by Greg Olson about Dr. Linda Hazard, which I also found on Amazon. Uh, And that, my ladies and beans, is the story of Dr. Linda Hazard. Any final sips? (laughs) 
something that I took away from this story uh, was that she, because like they're praying on something, right? What mm-hmm. did she see that she's praying on? I think what she saw is that people always want to take the easiest route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the easiest thing I can say? I will cure anything you have. Is it sickness? Sure. Is it this? Sure. I can cure that. Cure that. Do nothing. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. eat anything. That's it. Do yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. And like she just prayed on that and look at this garbage she got. She didn't even yeah. have to get food for the sanitarium. Like you don't have to put that as part of the budget if it's not part of the right. program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Like so she didn't even have to pay for like food to feed people with. Yeah. Blowing my mind. Uh, yep. Um so there it's just it's super important. Um, there's lots of like weird things in our, in the medical field that's like not entirely, like it's something that was created a really long time ago. And then like, we still kind of follow those things. Like the food pyramid isn't really like Mm. completely like well balanced. BMI was created by a French mathematician that had nothing to do with (laughs) your like body. Like he was not a scientist. He didn't know anything about your body and BMIs are completely un- related to like your bone mass your you know like your your blood sugar like there's all these things that that affect your bmi that have nothing to do with like not eating healthy or being overweight or underweight or whatever so but there's just certain things that get taken as as gospel and like you said amanda they want the easy way right Mm -hmm. and the other thing is it's really cool to go I have the secret. Mm-hmm. I have, like, this mm-hmm. is the thing they won't tell you. And it's like, yeah, but you're the one making the money off of it. And it's just really important for people to um, look into, like, please just, if there's, you know, a medical thing, a holistic thing, where the the whole point is that this is the secret and, like, this is what doctors aren't telling you, like, remember, like, why? Why wouldn't they tell you? And look into that doctor. There's, mm-hmm. like, tons of people that were, like, you know, like you, you see that show on Netflix, uh, Afflicted. I don't mm. know if you guys have watched that. Mm. It's about um, people that have um, afflictions that you can't see, um, like being sensitive to radio waves and stuff like that, where it's like hard to prove it. And the documentary eventually kind of goes through. There's back and forth on people that don't like how they were portrayed in it, but also it's because they don't like that there's a possibility that they are wrong mm-hmm. and they look bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's super compelling. But there's a whole thing about, you know, all these alternative methods of... of treatment for stuff but then like the the method is just as just out there as like the the affliction mm-hmm. so it's like oh we just have to put put these lights on your face and then it'll fix everything There's and it's always like, someone ugh. out there to take advantage of you yeah oh yeah is what i'm hearing oh yeah, yeah. unfortunately like so yeah. just there's like a whole thing with uh like in the yoga world, Bikram, Bikram oh, yoga. Yep, oh, that, that documentary is wild. Thing, whole thing. And like I did Bikram for a while and then I, you know, learned better and I don't anymore. Uh obviously. But uh his whole thing was like, "Oh, all you have to do is the same order of poses every time and it's like a multivitamin. Just do this every time and it's good for your body. Also do it in extreme heat and it's good for you." When the truth of the matter is, it's really damaging and it's long-term damage. Like mm-hmm. you're damaging your ligaments and things that need to stretch in cold and like take time to stretch and you're stretching it too fast and down the line can cause major damage. Also, he was, you know, having women sleep with him so they could take trainings for free because yeah. right. it was insanely expensive. Yeah. Right. Whole mess. Whole mess. But yeah, it's un- really unfortunate that people take advantage like that. Yeah. Like, this is the thing. 
when it's people that are trying to do better or they're yeah. unhappy or they're sick or whatever it is and they're not getting the treatment that they are seeking. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, here's a catch-all. Guess what? This is the secret they're not telling you. It's like, why would they? Why? Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> desperate for something? Here, I have it for you. Yeah. Let me give this and to you, so you simple. desperate soul. It's so It's always like the simplest thing. Just don't mm-hmm. eat. Mm-hmm. Or just... Just drink this, and it fixes everything. And mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. There was a girl that I worked at a salon um, doing concierge, and there was a girl that did a cleanse there. The other thing is your organs naturally actually cleanse your body in the way that it's supposed to be cleansed. Mm-hmm. Doing a master cleanse doesn't really do, like, you have a ton of bacteria in you that's good, that, like, keeps you alive and kills a bunch of bad stuff off. I don't know. It worked for Heaven's Gate. They yeah. all made it to the alien spaceship, oh. and they did the cayenne pepper and water so oh, good. Yeah, so Obviously. <laughs> she, so this girl did, like, a mat, like, a crazy, you know, the cayenne pepper, lemon, water, whatever cleanse. Um, and she said that in her, like, bathroom times, uh, stuff, like, stuff came out. Like, things and stuff, because she had just kind of, like, lubed herself up so much. But it was, like, things that are just in you that keep you alive. Right. And then she got, she had, like, the worst stomach problems. Like, she completely changed her, like... She got rid of all the good bacteria. Yeah, oh, no. so she, like, totally messed up her, like, stuff for a long time. And she, like, couldn't, she, like, had to, like, eat super, like, brat diet, pretty much. Just, like, toast... And white rice and bananas. Like, bananas. Like she had to like completely reset because she just wanted. You know, you hear about cleansing, you hear about toxins. You like, yeah, I don't want those things in my body. Mm-hmm. And then you do stuff like that, and you end up kind of. You have the capability of like kind of messing yourself up. Like she's alive, she's okay. She just had like a really messed up couple of weeks that she could have avoided by yeah. just trusting her own, like your actual body. Yeah, like sweating stuff out, like. To a point, it's not like the body sweats to cool itself down. Like it's there's a purpose, like you said, for all the things that our bodies do, and that's inside of it. Mm-hmm. So be careful. Um, my final sip is this: there are a lot of ways to approach health. I am one who believes in natural remedies to a point. I think that medicine is also very important. Science is real, and that includes natural remedies. Science can prove those too. Natural ways to heal should come first, but if that isn't enough or there isn't an option for that, for what's going on, then medication is wonderful. There's a really great book called Feeling Good that deals with mental health and how it's important to approach medicine last. And medication has an important role in healthcare, but it often gets jumped to the first thing, and that's not always the best answer. So when you are advocating for your health and you are talking to a professional, just make sure to always ask questions and know what your options really are before committing to a treatment plan or a doctor, like we've been saying, too, because some doctors are, you know, not super great people, unfortunately. Do some research. Yeah, like the guy that wrote the book that says that vaccines give autism also got (sighs) disbanded and not, like, has his license and everything taken away, and yet he still gets quoted, you know, so, yeah. No. Like, look at your source. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking questions or asking if there's other ways you can do something, whether it be natural or not. Communication is really important, especially with your healthcare provider. Do what is truly best for you and your body. And science is real. Now go grab some more coffee and maybe a burger or another slice of pizza. (laughs) Vegan burger for me, maybe. Anyone else hungry? (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Morning Murders. I really am going to eat some more of this pizza. It's my house. 
Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. Remember to stop by every Monday for a new episode. And you can always check out our resources and mental health links in our show notes. If you enjoyed listening to our highly caffeinated conversation, please leave us a five-star rating and check us out on Instagram. At Morning Murders. That's at M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-M-U-R-D-E-R-S. If you have any stories you'd like to hear discussed around the breakfast nook, email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening! Okay, so I got you guys these presents. So I went to this place, Hellbound Horror Collectibles. There's their gift, their card. And it's in my friend's... um, you know, center, oh, yeah. the New Orleans Square area that oh, she okay. yeah, she yeah. runs. And it's super dope. The place is really cool. They sell all kinds of cool memorabilia from different horror things. And a lot of it's locally made. So, like, all the coasters and stuff are all locally made, which is cool. But she sold these true crime cards. <gasps> so I bought us all some, and I haven't opened up mine yet either. So we could open them together. Are we recording? We are recording. Okay. <laughs> true crime oh, cards. Sick. So, like, okay. baseball cards. True crime cards. Okay. G-Men, mass murderers, serial killers, gangsters, 12 collector's cards in every pack. <laughs> oh, snap. This These cards fun. are dope. They're Why? like little paintings. Oh, my gosh. This is wow. so funny. Wow. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Babyface Nelson. Sorry. Babyface Nelson. Lucky Luciano. Whoa. Cool. Oh, I got Marie Hilly. Hey! I got Charles Manson. (laughs) Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Wow, that's crazy. That we. That's perfect for us. Yeah, you guys got your untouchables. Got Jack the Ripper. Yes. Pretty boy Floyd. Christian falling. My God. Wow. I got Jack the Ripper. Death to mustache Pete's. These are fun. Giuseppe. I'm gonna give their whole story on the back. That's so cool. Big gym. These are super cool. Stark Thanks, weather. Nicole. You're welcome. These are awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Yes. Ooh. So yeah, well, well she put I'm a sticker up. I'm not going to tell you all the ones that I have because I'm going to read through oh, yeah. them. Use the, use them. Up, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the place was really cool and the lady was really nice and she put a sticker up of ours. So we'll all have to go cool. and say hi yes. to Hellbound Horror Collectibles. collectibles. Yeah, at the Orleans Square. Go ahead, Hellbound. Yes. What a good... I love it. Thank you, Nicole. You're welcome. Nicolas. 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 Nicolas, <laughs> In the cave.
in the cave. We are in the cave today. Welcome to the cave. I built a cave. Everybody knows what a part of Circle and hearts and circle and farts. Circle and parts. Circle of parts and hearts. Circles and hearts and parts. Oh, you guys ready? Yeah. I'm so excited. In the cave. First day in the cave. First day in the cave. First day in the cave. In the cave nook. Cave nook. Cave nook. Cave nook. The breakfast cave nook. The breakfast cave nook. Little twinkle stars. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Doctor. <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay. Doctor Hazard. An alternate alternative healer. Ola walla. Olala. Ola. Olala. Margaret Conway in Sydney, Australia. When she received, uh, she was in mm, a willing patient named. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's growling. Everybody's growling. Everybody's growling.